0: I wanted to ask you. I know it's a little weird if I open up with a question, Let, but let's get weird. Let's well, get what, weird. So, I mean to quote one of the great philosophers of our time, Hillary Clinton, what <laughs> happened in Buffalo? I mean, cuz so she beats the guy in a primary and then he starts this big write-in campaign and it was a significant margin, right? I mean, it was something like 65 to 35. He I mean, won, what, uh,
1: what did he win? Fifty-eight to forty-one. So yes, yeah, so it closed points. a little bit. Okay, Seventeen so points,
0: yeah. That, but that's mm-hmm. still significant. Like what? I mean, because you were on the ground. Like what went on exactly? Like, like did this guy campaign against socialism, or did he just kind of sleep through the primary, not thinking he had anything to worry about? I mean, what? Yeah, so,
1: so uh, wonderful question. Glad to answer it. My impression, you know, I think there's this and this. We'll talk about this also with the national uh, progressives uh, folding like a cheap tent. But I think there's this notion on the left, uh, online, you know, big YouTube hosts, that we just need to run scorched earth everywhere, uh, rant against the Democratic Party, fight the Democratic Party, you know, just breathe out that socialism. And on a national level, I actually think that could work. I think Bernie made a lot of mistakes, but the sad reality is, and a lot of these like Buffalo, New York, yeah, it's New York, but it's, it's the Rust Belt. So it, it is a blue collar town that they are open to working class issues, but they're also very susceptible to socialism scares and defund the police. And that is what the corrupt current mayor, who did sleep? I don't want to minimize India Walton's, you know, historic upset in the primary. Sure. The truth is, he didn't really campaign; he took it for granted, uh, just like Joe Crowley took AOC three years ago for granted. For granted. The only difference is Joe Crowley, you know, no uh, profile and courage had at least the grace to go quietly into the night and become a lobbyist. Here, uh, the mayor wouldn't do that. He and this sets a really bad precedent because now we know if corporate candidates lose in the primary, we're gonna have to do two primaries. I mean, Byron Brown succeeded in doing it, so why wouldn't name your corporate mayor or corporate senator or corporate governor who's been in office for a while, has name name recognition, why wouldn't they just go ahead and write a write-in campaign or run as an independent uh, because they see Byron Brown did it successfully? So I think the main things that happened were, A, she won in the primary, she did run a good campaign, but he did not campaign. You did not have, I mean, honestly, the real estate developers, the Republicans that ended up flooding the mayor's uh, wallet with money in the general, they basically, because he wasn't campaigning, they didn't get involved in the primary. They basically just said he was gonna glide to victory because who is this you know, activist? Um, so they slept on her and she won. And then they stopped sleeping, they went all in, And you had this mixture. If you look at the polls before the election, crime was one of the number one issues. Mm. Um, uh, And uh, Buffalo is a high crime area because it's the third poorest city in the country. So it's that old issue. Well, yeah, it's the third poorest city in the country uh, because the mayor has sold the city to real estate developers, flooded all the money to downtown, I mean, L.A., Portland, San Francisco, Chicago, gentrification, everywhere. Uh, and all that money that's going to beautify downtown and the waterfront has left the rest of the city starving of jobs, of social services, and that. and that. But he really, and the media went with him, was hammering her on the socialism, uh, was hammering her on defund the police, which, you know, Nina Turner, for example, kind of got in trouble with that bowl of shit comment when she wasn't running. Because I could tell you, it was on billboards all over Cleveland when I was there during the election that she called Biden a bowl of shit. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened here. Uh, uh, India Walton, as an activist before she ran, was, was defund the police, defund the police. She was, she was at the rallies and leading the charge. It's kind of hard to walk that back during the primary, So uh, during the general. So I think really what happened is, A, the P, uh, Byron Brown, the current mayor's base that probably didn't come out in the primary, came out in the general because the mayor didn't come out in the primary. So why would right. that? And yeah. polls showed before the election, uh, 43% of those polled did not vote in the primary. So it shows you that there was an increase in turnout among Brown's base. And the other thing, and this is just, it's not exclusive to India Walton and progressives need to figure it out. If you're gonna run as a socialist, you better have a way of of, of combating the propaganda about socialism. You know, if you're gonna run as a socialist, Uh, Which, frankly, I think you should be using a different term than socialist, and that's about your opponent. I think India Walton. I mean, literally, if you don't know Ron, and many people don't, because the media underscored it. This is one of the most. I mean, this is Joe Manchin on steroids. Byron Brown, the mayor of Buffalo, his his administration had had been investigated, financial fraud. Part of why I like being on the road, you're in it. Like you're listening to the local radio, you're watching the local uh, news. All they were focused on is. His attack ads. She's a socialist. Mm. Uh, So they they
0: were just copying and printing the press releases. That's what they were doing.
1: So there's no moral victories, but I would say it's not a small thing that she got 41% of the vote. That's that's not a victory, but it's not nothing in in Buffalo, which is the second largest city in New York. And this is, and we're going to talk about this. This is my problem all along with the progressive strategy for the infrastructure deal versus the broader thing. There were so many opportunities to just, literally go on a crusade against Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. And they refused to do it. And I mm. said that. Uh, I said that, Ron, and I'd like to know what you think. When I interviewed Rokana a couple of weeks ago, at that point, they were kind of holding the line,, on, you know, we're not going to vote for the infrastructure deal without this uh, broader three point five trillion. And I asked them, why don't you go to West Virginia? Like a very simple question. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you guys go to West Virginia and hold a massive rally and shame this man?
0: I mean, he's literally, Well, I mean, his own constituents are confronting him. Right. His own constituents are confronting him in West Virginia. I mean, literally, I mean, how, uh, how poetically disturbing was all that? He's literally getting off of his yacht or out of his, what's that nice car he has. I I forget the brand, but, but he has that really nice car and people are confronting him. The peasants are confronting the ruling class. Uh, so yeah. Well, what did the Maserati Maserati? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, what but, did Rohanna say? Well, I said, to, he said,
1: I don't know if that would make a big difference. And I said, Well, mm. you know, to me, whatever, this inside baseball thing. And I know the whole, you know, progressives will say, Well, it's not, it's more than just Mansion and cinema. Like they were cover for the other Democrats that really didn't want this either. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they put forth Mansion and cinema as the two obstructionists. So those are who you go after. And if you get them to fold, and others want to come out after that. You do the same thing. But I said to Rocana, "What I don't understand is Joe Manchin has experienced zero pressure on him. Zero. Kirsten Cinema, zero pressure. The media occasionally might have uh, reported them unfavorably. They barely reported on the real-time play-by-play fundraisers they were doing from mm-hmm. Big Pharma. The Intercept broke." what I thought was a pretty significant story that Joe Manchin has made like $4.5 million from his coal company as a Senator over 10 years. None of the media reported it. So I asked them, why don't you pressure this man? Why don't you go hold a rally? You Bernie get the whole gang and point out that this man who's literally blocking not inadequate climate legislation. Cause I don't even think the 3.5 trillion was enough. Uh, he's blocking it while making millions on coal. Why aren't you going to Arizona and pointing out that this Senator ran on lowering prescription drugs five minutes ago. She ran like three years ago on lowering prescription drugs. Like this isn't, these aren't personal attacks. This is follow the money. Why don't you say you you think you're not going to get people to that rally? Bernie Sanders won every County in West Virginia, Bernie, uh, Bernie, the Latinos in Arizona, Love Bernie. And his answer to me was, Well, I don't know if Manchin would really care that much about that. I'm like, Well, you don't know because you've never tried it. You have people that, as activists, might have been nodding their heads watching us right now. Like AOC, as an activist, might have been listening to what I'm saying and what you're saying and being like, Yeah, absolutely. But Rashida Tlaib, too. Uh, But then they kind of get in there, and I don't think it's as clear. They're not like corrupt per se. But they kind of get seduced by this. Well, we need to build relationships with our colleagues and we got to negotiate
0: and be diplomatic. They play at the company way. Right. Exactly. They play at the company way uh, during a time where it's uh, we cannot have you playing at the company way because we elected you to really kind of throw a wrench in the system. That's what you were elected to do. And it's just not happening. And it always seems to go the one way we always see. It's not like we're winning some and losing some. We always seem to just lose time and time again. Oh, we just lost yet again. We just lost yet again. We just lost. Okay. Six squad members voted the way they were supposed to, but no one else in the progressive caucus was there. Why? Why was, what does it mean to be, I I think the progressive caucus just means you have progressive insurance. I I think that's the only (laughs) qualifier. So. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm with you. We see this time and time again. And and it's possible for two things to be true at the same time. Truth number one, Joe Manchin is completely terrible. Absolutely. Kristen Senema, they are awful beyond comprehension. But truth number two, it ain't just the two of them. There is a systemic thing going on here. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that I, I have not seen your interview with Ro Khanna, So I don't want to, like, talk too much about that. But just because I haven't seen it. But that's a, a very weak answer, in my opinion, if he just said, well, I don't think I don't think Joe Manchin would care. I mean, people are showing up and they're getting in his face. And I showed that clip on Twitter. I'm sure you did as well. And because uh, actually, I think I might have seen it being uh, tweeted out from status quo first, actually. But I mean, I think that's great. And I applauded the the activists who are there, the Honor Earth folks, the uh, Sunrise Movement folks, all the people who were there. And I said, more of this.
1: Well, also what's amazing, Colin, I just sent this to you. So this is just kind of a accumulation, right? GOP billionaire Ken Langone tells CNBC he will hold a fundraiser for Joe Manchin. Ken Langon is a m- massive uh, billionaire. Uh, I think he owns hospitals. Uh, yeah, the Langon Center's in New York. But just filthy rich, lo- you know, given a Mitt Romney,
0: you know, big Republican guy. Holding a big fundraiser for Joe Manchin. Quote, I'm going side ha- note. It's so appropriate that he's wearing a mask right now that kind of makes him look like a stormtrooper. <laughs>
1: exactly. So
0: appropriate. And he says, I'm gonna have one
1: of the biggest fundraisers I've ever had for him. He's special. So why I bring that up, and this is today, like that just came out. So clearly, this there's a cause and effect here. This man has shrinked this down to basically the the, the transformational deal is like, hey. You get a VIP coupon to show up to Best Buy an hour before Black Friday starts. That's really what this is going to be whittled down to. You get in mm-hmm. line an hour before everybody else. But uh, that's my attempt at comedy, by the way. It's not as good as yours. But no, no, no.
0: Well, I'm I'm kind of concerned. Well, finish your point first, and then we'll talk more about but the as a whole. as whole.
1: My whole point was part of it also is, and I see this in local elections I cover, part of it also is these progressives, they're terrible with the media. And so was Bernie. So was Bernie. So, if you're Pramila Jayapal, when you're and Rokanna was doing the media circuit throughout all this, and uh, uh, Pramila Jayapal was doing the media circuit, their focus is, to me, seeming not radical to the CNN audience, to the MSNBC audience. Their focus seems to be sounding, sounding like a normal Democrat to the CNN mm-hmm. audience, instead of saying, if I was Rocana, uh in interviews with i mean he was on all the shows the sunday shows and cnn msnbc during all this saying you know anderson with all due respect why do you guys keep calling him moderate i mean i i got the poll numbers right here it's not moderate to be depriving west virginians of policies that they have that have 80 percent support that's not moderate it's 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 not moderate to literally be uh sh- removing all of the life or death climate proposals that all you know, all of these uh, experts and scientists say we need just to exist. That's not matter. These are radical positions, Anderson. Why don't you put the media on the defense who keep framing Manchin and Cinema as just, oh yeah, they're moderates, you know, they just hold different beliefs than the progressives. Like right. you're not going to get the CNN or the MSNBC or the New York Times audience to think differently if you're just going along with the framing that the media continues to put out there that, oh no, Manchin, he's just, you know, he's just... He just has to be this way because he's from a red state. Well, West Virginia, I mean, this is another thing they could have said. West Virginia went for Bernie. Every county went for Bernie Sanders. West Virginia was a Democratic state as of 10 years ago. It only recently became right because the Democratic Party moved right and voters decided, let's just take the real thing, the Republicans.
0: Uh, Absolutely. Promote- and, and and West Virginia going further back than that has a very, very long, long, long working class history. I mean, yep. I grew up around that area. I grew up in Pittsburgh uh so yeah that is a rust belt area that is a working class area it's where the term redneck originates because where that term originates was it was whenever there were violent clashes between the uh the workers and the powers that be who would uh you know try to combat them uh they wore red scarves around their neck to make sure they didn't harm each other so uh so you know I, I hear you. And I think the theme here is, you know, if you're going to go scorched earth, you got to just commit to it. Because, I mean, even some of the stuff you were talking about earlier with, you know, what ended up seeking, sinking India Walton, you can also look around and you can see in my hometown of Pittsburgh, again, a couple uh, card-carrying DSA members have been winning local seats. Uh, a defund the police candidate won a city council seat in Iowa. So there's something to be said for when you do have the right messaging. I mean, I mean, I even think, you know, staying on the defund the police example, when you can really explain what that actually means to people, I think all of a sudden people become a little more open when you can explain that. To fund the police does not mean that police officers aren't going to exist anymore. It doesn't mean that that if someone robs you, you have nobody to call. That not, that's not what it means. Nor does it mean that your, your buddy who's a police officer isn't going to get a salary anymore. What it does mean is all of this excess stuff, this military gear, all this stuff that they don't need, they ain't going to get that anymore. And instead, it's going to go into resources in your community that's going to do better at preventing crime in the first place. All of a sudden, that, that's going to change some minds.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I ultimately, I think, you know, it's not all or nothing. Like I do think, like, for example, Nina Turner, right? I know Jimmy and others thought like, no, 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 she lost because she didn't bash the Democratic Party enough. I was there, I could tell you, no, that wasn't that wasn't what happened. Uh, She lost for a lot of reasons, partially because she had a terrible ground game, which her campaign doesn't like people saying, but they just didn't have a strong ground game. Uh, but she also lost cuz it's a very very pro democratic area i mean cleveland is a is a vote blue no matter who district that's just the truth uh the the congress the congresswoman who they were running to replace she was winning elections by like 50 60 points in the primary and more in the general uh and it kind of and it had uh during presidential elections voted for hillary overwhelmingly biden overwhelmingly so it was a place that might agree with nina turner on the issues but right. doesn't hate the Democratic Party. So it goes back to that national first local messaging. You, I mean, for us online, we'd love to hear Nina Turner just rant and rave, you know, against the Democratic Party. If she would have done that there, I could tell you she probably would have lost by 20 to 30 instead of six. Why she part a big reason she lost is they were able just ad after ad after. I couldn't get out of bed without ads hammering Nina Turner.
0: Uh, that she... Well, that's not... why I think she lost. I mean, I think she lost because she just had, and, and I was surprised to see so many people, um, and you weren't one of them, you know, but so many people just sort of glossed over the fact that there was literal GOP money going into attacking her. India I Walton, mean, too. Had... India Walton, too. A lot oh, of Republicans. really? Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised. I, I mean, so it's like, there is this i mean we love the we love to hear bipartisanship right well guess what there is a bipartisan effort to crush any progressive movement whatsoever it's a bipartisan effort and to me that 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 screams so much louder than you know, mistakes that the candidate themselves made that that doesn't mean like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I don't agree with everything Nina Turner did. I'm sure I, I don't know all the ins and outs of everything India Walton did, but I'm sure I'd have some disagreements there, too. But what screams so much louder to me is just like there is this all out establishment assault on any type of progressive candidate. And, and I think the India Walton thing, I mean, my first reaction to that was I was like, you know, the blue no matter who camp. Uh, we already weren't listening to you, or at least I sure as hell wasn't, but uh, nobody should ever listen to you again because, I mean, you have just made it loud and clear. Those rules don't apply. You're oh, talking I think out of your ass. When you, when you virtue signal like that way, you hate uh, you, you hate lefties more than anything, and you don't stick by your blue no matter who principles, or you would have voted for India Walton. Again, the numbers will be deceiving, and Jayapal and Rokana. I don't know if
1: they actually believe that this is transformational, and of course somebody in the chat just said the worst cyanide pill in all this is the salt tax which people fall asleep all that means state and local dedu- state and local tax deduction all that means is it's literally giving hundreds of millions of dollars in tax cuts to upper middle class people making over 500 yeah, it's, dollars it's, a it's year.
0: even bigger it's even bigger than what trump did isn't yep. it like it like yep. it's even bigger i mean that's unreal and uh which by the way uh small quick correction i'm I'm, I'm from pittsburgh not oh West sorry I got, yeah i gotta make the correct it is hockey season so i gotta make that correction but uh but uh yeah it's and just the fact that they decoupled it after promising because that a lot of people they don't realize that it's like the spending bill's its own thing and then the bipartisan infrastructure <laughs> bill which by bars bipartisan they mean hey sedema and mansion waited on this thing uh, that was its own separate thing that had a lot of poison pills. I mean, there's something there. You want to talk about some of the stuff they're means testing. They're means testing. And by the way, this is going to, as an independent journalist, this is something that's going to uh, turn on your radar. As an independent performer, this is turning on mine too. They're means testing a per mileage uh, toll on all drivers, oh. where, where it's like you're. they're going to privatize our roads. They're going to have a per mileage fee for all the drivers out there. I mean, there's a lot of poison pills in that um, that bipartisan bill, where it's like, well, at least it'll accompany some spending that's a drop in the bucket. Hopefully, maybe. Well, it's not. It's a. It's a fraction of a drop of a drop of a drop, with all kinds of red tape and provisions, as you pointed out. And we decoupled them after promising not to, and nobody's even mentioning that. Like, no one's even. I mean, I don't. If we had a true progressive caucus, if that was a real thing and all 100 members actually were that way, they would have just walked out. They would have been like, no, this is this is not what we agreed on.
1: But also, again, I don't want to I don't I want to get into, by the way, something into the something about the infrastructure deal. So I'll get into that because this infrastructure deal that Biden's going around, you know, transformational, this and that literally just selling the whole goddamn country to private Pri- private vultures it's a disaster oh, yeah. uh which i want to get into but it kind of goes back to you know yeah give credit whatever aoc cory bush uh, rashida talib uh ayanna presley i forget the other two the six that voted no okay but yeah you could have done so much more before then and again it goes back to you know you have to look you have to realize you're not negotiating with people who are who are actually operating in good faith and that includes Biden, and that includes mm. Pelosi, and that includes Schumer. If Bi- just look at actions, if Biden passionately wanted even a quarter of the things in this bill, he would be publicly using the power and bully pulpit of the presidency to pressure Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, not these private White House meetings. Biden, and and I don't think the squad really gets this. He's an old fossil that only cares about headlines of a bipartisan deal. It doesn't matter if it's for a baby Ruth chocolate bar. As long as there's a bipartisan deal that comes together, that's what he cares about. So he wasn't really passionately for any of these things. Nancy Pelosi, she wanted stuff to shore up Obamacare for her legacy, uh, they were saying. Schumer, trying to avoid a primary next year, particularly from AOC. So the the assurances they were giving you you could have you could never trust that but they ended up trusting it and what happened pelosi and biden who their position in the beginning that they claimed was these two have to go together started moving backwards from it because that was never really their true position they were just trying to placate the progressives mm-hmm. so i guess what i'm saying is progressives they had the opportunity in ample media interviews AOC's got a gazillion Twitter followers. Bernie still has an army. They might a lot of them might be pissed at him. I think they could be activated again if you lead and if you show you're fighting, they could have gone on offense and said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Joe Biden was elected president, and this is what he says he wants. This isn't some radical socialist takeover. This is Joe Biden's bill, and yeah, these pin two it back on him, right? And these two, excuse me, CNN, this is moderate because. Go poll. Look at the polls. Why aren't you informing your audience? All of these things have overwhelming popularity among everyone, including Republicans. This isn't like the critical race theory
0: issue. Well, and they never, they never bring up their base either, which which is also very frustrating. They never bring up like, hey, our base I- is not going to tolerate this. Yep. This is what our base demands, and this is what most American people demand because they they want they want a planet for their freaking children. For cried out loud. Right. And yeah, I'm with it. I mean, I got so annoyed. And again, you know, we live in a post nuance society. So I tweeted about this and some people got mad at me. They're like, Ron, are you saying you would prefer that the squad didn't vote? They're like, no, of course, I'm glad they voted no. But what I was annoyed by was people who were just pom-poms in the air cheering this on like it was a victory like oh they finally did the absolute bare minimum none of the progressive caucus followed them and we still lost but hey my favorite political action figure did what i wanted so pat on the back today like no this isn't a victory and as a lefty in the united states who has been a lefty Most of my life, as long as I've been awake politically, and I have done nothing but lose that entire time, and I realize that I'm part of a long-losing tradition of about 100 frickin' years, I am so, so damn tired of polishing the turd that is a loss. And I'm so tired of us just losing time and time again. Well, they all voted the right way, but there were other people that didn't. And so this bad, oh, a couple of them voted present. So this horrible thing came through. I get at this point that we have a corporate coup for a government and change is going to have to happen from the bottom up. And it's going to have to happen from us being a movement that can't be ignored. Now, unfortunately, (laughs) we've really struggled with this for 100 freaking years because we are still politically the smallest group in the country. We're just not as small as we thought we were. That's the little bit of good news. There's more of us than we realize, but we only found that out five years ago. So we're still wandering around going, hey, we have a 100-year losing streak. There's a little bit more of us than we thought we had. Uh, What the heck do we do now?
1: Well, I also think at the end of the day, because everybody could have their own opinion, they're like assholes. Negative campaigning works, whether electorally or whether just through the normal negotiations of Congress. A lot of people don't remember, you know. They, I'm, I, I said Bernie was weak during both campaigns. There was a point at the end of his campaign, he was actually closing the gap among older voters. Why? Because David Seruda, David Sirota for the campaign was like a giant fucking henchman. Uh, going after Joe Biden on social security. And Bernie Sanders was running ads against Joe Biden on trying to privatize social security. So they were going after him like aggressively. They weren't calling him corrupt. I wish they would, but they were going after him on an s- issue that uh, a, an important demographic cared about, older voters, and Ber- older voters were starting to shift towards Bernie away from Biden. This was happening during the end of the campaign so when people say the squad yeah kudos they they voted no i don't think they did enough you want to know why because when alexandria ocasio-cortez is a guest on cbs face the Na- or yeah face the nation or the sunday show and you got big audiences and whatever you say could become a news cycle in itself after the fact and you take that opportunity to be very diplomatic. And you know, talk like a good Democrat and say, "Yeah, yeah, we're just, you know, it's negotiations." Is that no? Call them if you don't want to call them corrupt. Say, "Well, somebody, I would like you guys to bring Joe Manchin on and ask, how are you supposed to negotiate in good faith when you are making millions of dollars from coal?" Mm-hmm. That would be a news story. The media would cover that. It would create other news cycles. That. Makes Joe Manchin have to defend himself. Sure, people would say, well, Jordan, the media would attack progressives if they do that. Are they not attacking them regardless? I mean, yeah, give me no a break. Kidding. Give me like, a they break. They hate
0: you no matter what. You might as well just embrace it and, and try to make your base stronger. Like, right. like they're, they're, you're, you're not going to be at their cool kids table no matter what. Because you know what
1: happens, Ron? If AOC did that, if Ro Khanna, who told me it wouldn't have made a difference, goes to West Virginia, if Bernie holds rallies, Bernie wrote an op-ed in a West Virginia paper. Okay, that's a start. Why wouldn't you hold a rally pointing out, hey, West Virginia? Joe Manchin says, uh, you know, we don't, you guys don't want this. Well, I got the numbers here. West Virginia is the second poorest state in the country. Do you want paid family leave? Do you want um, clean energy jobs? Do you want um, uh, to, to save the planet and get off coal? You'd have massive crowds, media would cover it, and it becomes a cycle from there of pressuring Joe Manchin. They were never on. They were never on defense. Joe Manchin, Kirsten Cinema. None of these people are ever on defense. And if the progressives are not going to make a fundamental choice, do we want to play this long game where we're just going to try and build relationships with our colleagues here in Congress and the Senate and bring them over to our side, or AOC is the one that said it, uh, 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 bring the ruckus to the Democratic Party? Well, that ruckus is nowhere to be found, and because of that. Frankly, I think, Ron, where we're sitting right now in three years, we're going to look back and said, this is what created Trump 2.0 or this is what created oh, president time. This is what created President DeSantis, because everybody has their hot take about like why they why why uh, McAuliffe lost in Virginia or why the New Jersey governor's race was so close and all this stuff. But overall, in general, when people are desperate economically and people are suffering economically, and people's standard of living is half of what it was 10, 20 years ago, yeah, they're going to be more open to uh, phony populists, culture wars, finding groups to blame, and they're not really going to be so captivated by the message of, hey, uh, we put shots in your arm and gave you a coupon to Denny's.